Welcome to the Valley Biz Buzz podcast, brought to you by the West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce. My name is Diana Williams. Please welcome founder and CEO of Pet and Home Care and Small Biz Consultancy, our Valley Biz Buzz co-producer and show host, Tiffany Lewis. Welcome listeners. I'm your host, Tiffany Lewis of the Valley Biz Buzz podcast. Today we have a man who has volunteered much of his time and expertise to the West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce. He was instrumental back to the days when it was simply called the Woodland Hills Chamber of Commerce. He is an avid animal lover, has over 38 years of experience in the arts and entertainment field, and over 17 years as president and CEO at the Valley Cultural Center. His years of working with nonprofits led him to create the James Kinsey Group. Please welcome our Valley Biz Buzz guest, James Kinsey. Hi, Tiffany. Great to be here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative that you're able to take time out of your busy day to be here with me today. So thank you. You're welcome. Great. Well, let's go ahead and get started. I'd love to know know, if you're from California. If not, what brought you to sunny Southern California? Well, I'm originally from a small town in Western Kentucky. I grew up there, uh, lived there for about 19 years and uh, worked for AMC Entertainment after I worked in the the hay fields and the tobacco fields there in Kentucky, and uh, got a job as an, an usher in a movie theater. And then 20 years later, uh, you know, it was a wonderful career with, with AMC Entertainment. Uh, worked all over the country, uh, ended up uh, in Los Angeles from St. Louis, and I've now been in uh, the LA area for almost 26 years. Wow. So it sounds like you really worked your way up that corporate ladder at AMC. It was great. You know, it was a great opportunity. I learned so much about business uh, while I was there, and uh, they gave me some great mentoring, uh, taught me how to run a business, and uh, it was was a fantastic, uh, very learning time for me. That's wonderful. So it shows that working, starting at the ground level, you can work your way up and really have a great career at a company if you stick with it. You can. Actually, I, you know, I did not go to college, and... uh, uh, went to their uh, theater academy uh, for about a year oh, wow. and taught me how to run businesses and movie theaters and some engineering things, which I mean, were well-rounded me. And, uh, you know, that I really uh, attribute that to my success, frankly. That's fantastic. I had no idea that they had a program to help with their employees to learn more about business and and the amenities that they offer. Yeah, they, they did, and uh, I think they still do, actually. That's incredible. You know, I didn't graduate from college either. Ah. I started my business as a teenager and eventually realized that I needed to focus on that rather than school. So it just goes to show that you don't have to have a college degree to be successful. You don't. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I kind of wish I had one. But to be honest with you, uh, the one thing I, I do have is common sense. And uh, my dad taught me a lot about how to treat people over the years. And uh, I don't have the book smarts, but I can learn. And I'm, I'm a quick learner. You got the street smarts. That's what matters. I do. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. That's great. So your journey began with AMC, but what else led you to start the James Kinsey Group? You know, I've had uh, 20 years experience in AMC Entertainment and then 17 years with the nonprofit, the Valley Culture Foundation. Also did some volunteer work for the Chamber of Commerce here. And uh, I figured it was time to do something different, you know, 20 years in one and 20 years in another and decided to start my own company. I've made a lot of contacts over the years here in the San Fernando Valley and abroad. And I just kind of got tired of doing the nine to five. 
So part of what we did at Valley Cultural Center, which is now Valley Cultural Foundation, is came up with a succession plan. And my days with them ended uh, December 31st of 2019. Oh, wow. Fresh. Although I, Yeah, although I did work for them as a contractor the last three years so I could launch my business. It gave me a good launch pad to uh, find new clients. And I've, I've done well. I now have uh, five clients and they're very excited. And I'm busy, but I've got a good balance between, you know, home, play, and work, which is great. Yeah, that's so important. Well, it's really wonderful that the Valley Cultural Center allowed you to branch out on your own and they kept you on the team while you sh still started to develop your own company. I think that's so great because a lot of times entrepreneurs want to start their own business, but they struggle with, do I quit my full-time job and launch or do I try to do it on the side and build it up? So it's great that they helped enable you to, to get it going while you still were working there. Yeah, thank you. I think it was, it was good for them and it was good for me. Uh, I don't want to overstay my time. You know, I think it's time for them to move in a different direction and that's that's what they've chosen to do, which I think is great. And again, for me, uh, you know, I'm 58 years old, not that that's old, but you know, I don't want to work full time past too much 65, but this is a job I can do well into my seventies and do at the pace that I want. I don't need five clients when I'm 65 years old, but maybe I have one or two and I continue to consult and help out where I can in the nonprofit world. That's great. You'll be able to set your own pace, work for yourself and really set your own schedule, which is why I think a lot of entrepreneurs end up working for themselves. Yeah, I think, you know, the one of the light bulb moments for me was, uh, it's me now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm my own boss. That's good and that's, you know, can be bad. So, uh, you know, there's no one else to hide behind or to blame. It's you and you've got to perform for your clients. And the one cool thing about owning your own business is, you set your own hours, like you said, you come and go as you please. As long as you give the client results, at the end of the day, they don't really care what you do with your time. And that's been very beneficial for me. That's great. So the Valley Cultural Foundation led you to start your own business, helping nonprofits. What is it about the nonprofit world that really has you excited and want to be involved? You know, I think with the, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, interesting enough, uh, after I left AMC Theaters, I didn't work for, for three months, but I stayed involved at the Chamber of Commerce uh, on the board of directors at a lower level and uh, came into a meeting one day and uh, one of the board members said, hey, Jim, you know, the Valley Cultural Foundation is, is hiring. You should go over and take a look. And I you know, found out who they were and what they do. And I figured, you know, I'm going to get paid for making people happy. <laughs> They're all about music and food and wine festivals and firework shows. Fun. And, and all those fun things. Exactly. And I just found it uh, really interesting uh, work. And I believe, honestly, I found my niche uh, in life. And uh, I really want to dedicate myself to helping other nonprofits, not only in the San Fernando Valley, but beyond that. Uh, eventually, I want to move to Utah, and I can take those skills there as well. Wow. That's fantastic. Why Utah? My, my husband actually is from Utah. The entire family's up there. Uh, we have a family cabin. Ooh. It's not ours. It's his family. Sure. But we have keys, which yeah, is great. that's all that matters. <laughs> and it's, it's really positioned well. It's in between uh, Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon. Gorgeous. So it's really a beautiful area. We'll probably end up living in Salt Lake City near where most of the family are. But we really have a calling for hiking and uh, walking our pets and being near family, which is, uh, you know, really important to us. That's great. You find those things that you love and it sounds like you're gearing up your life to have more of that. Absolutely. 
and having your own business will enable you to work from wherever you want. <laughs> That's a very cool thing about that. It, yeah, it pretty much doesn't matter where you live. You might have to fly or drive to a meeting here and there, but uh, with the, the day and age we live in with electronics and computers and Zoom communications and all those things, you can pretty much uh, put yourself anywhere in the country in an instant. Exactly. As long as you have Wi-Fi at that cabin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Wi-Fi is one of the things we do have, but the, the mother-in-law doesn't like it to be too fast. She, oh. she would prefer us to be hiking and having a good time. Oh, so slowing it down to keep you outdoors. Pretty much that's what she does. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so you mentioned your dogs. What kind of dogs do you have? I have a 10-year-old Chihuahua mix oh. and a brand new one-year-old chocolate lab. Oh, wow. Who is named after my great aunt who used to bake me chocolate cookies. So we named her Sadie. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So you really got the, the two spectrums of pets there. You got the, the older small dog and the puppy big big dog. <laughs> we do. You know, they love each other. And I, I bet you can guess which one wears the pants. It's the chihuahua. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> That's great. I love animals. I have a... A Shih Tzu who is very sweet most of the time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You're a pet lover too. Oh, yes, absolutely. been caring for pets most of my life. So that, that is definitely my calling. I'm glad I found that early on. Yeah, it's, it's great when you come home and if you've had a bad day, they love you no matter what. <laughs> exactly. So let's get back to the work you've done with the nonprofits. I understand when you were at the Valley Cultural Center, you were able to more than quadruple their operating budget without having more staff. That sounds pretty remarkable to me. Do you mind sharing how you were able to do that? Not at all. Um, you know, with the help of a lot of different board members over the years and various staff members we've had over the years, uh, we were able to increase the budget of 275000 to I believe almost about 1.4 million. Wow. Um, we did that by running it more like a business. It was a mom and pop business that had done well for 24 years, but they really needed to transition into something else. And with my business background, we, we came in and, and did a performa, uh, did a strategic plan. And my first concert that we launched with the help of some community members who had connections, we brought in uh, Kenny Loggins. Wow. And, you know, the, the center had never seen anything quite like that. It's pretty much one-dimensional concerts for many years. But we decided to, to bring Kenny Loggins in, and we figured that would make a huge impact. And we had over 10,000 people show up for that concert. Ooh. And it really changed the direction of the organization. Uh, of course, we couldn't afford to book every show at <laughs> Kenny Loggins' level. But over the years, we transitioned into... Um, you know, well-known touring bands, a combination of tribute bands, local artists, symphonies, uh, and groups like that, children's group, teenage groups, and uh, really put us on the map. Uh, we then launched the July 4th fireworks show, which the Chamber of Commerce used to do, I think, years ago. Uh, Taste of the Valley, Dancing with the Valley Stars. I believe they are doing a program now uh, for up-and-coming bands called Battle of the Bands, which is something that I championed. Uh, before I left the organization, and uh, they are doing quite well, and I wish them the best. That's fantastic. So it sounds like hosting or throwing these events 
is what helped create the additional revenue for the cultural center? Absolutely. Yeah. One of the important things was to increase the ancillary revenue streams. So we didn't have sponsor booths. We didn't have food booths. We didn't have parking at the level we needed it. So once we created those other streams of revenue, it gave us the budget and the funds that we needed to do to book different types of artists and to grow the organization. So that was one of the biggest ways the revenue streams increased was through the ancillary revenue streams. That's so smart. So it sounds like you took this mom and pop business and really leveled them up to help them be a million dollar nonprofit. Yeah. And, you know, the good thing is, is, you know, even though we call ourselves a nonprofit, it's a tax filing status. A lot of a lot of people don't believe you're supposed to make profit, but you are. It's what you do with that profit that that's important. And we always put it back into our programming. So if we made a few bucks at the end of the year, it carried over to the next season. I mean, occasionally we, we lost money. You know, it's pretty common for nonprofits these days. Uh, but we were fortunate enough to have some reserves to uh, keep us going. That's, that's really cool. So it sounds like it's similar to running a, a regular, a profitable business or a for-profit business where the excess um, revenue you have, you just invest it right back into the business to help it grow even further. Absolutely, uh, which is an important thing to do. Um, like I said, many board members, are, even in my consulting business, have come across board members and community members who will say, well, you're not supposed to make any money. You're a nonprofit. And I have to explain to them, you know, this is a business. And mm -hmm. if you don't run it like a business, uh, you can run into some problems. Yeah. So you still need to bring in that profit to help support your cause and help the community. Absolutely. Profit is very important in a nonprofit, which is... Sounds counterintuitive, but it, it really is the truth. I think it's just so fabulous that you've had such a passion for nonprofit all these years, and that's what led you to start your business. So I want to hear more about the James Kinsey Group. What, what do you actually do? You mentioned you have you know, a handful of clients already, but what are you doing for those clients? Um, so right now I have five clients. Four of them I do uh, specific types of fundraising, from special events to organizational fund development, uh, endowment campaigns, uh, the other client I have is actually similar to what I did at Valley Cultural. It's a concert production. Uh, the company is called BAI Live, which is a subdivision of Bel Air Internet in Sherman Oaks. So we are producing a paid concert, no more freebies, <laughs> at uh, Woodley Park over Labor Day weekend this year. And we I can't say who, Ooh. but we have some offers out to some pretty incredible touring artists. And it's going to be a Labor Day fun uh, event with food trucks and beer and wine gardens and fantastic touring talent, uh, talent. So we're looking forward to that. That's wonderful. I imagine that throwing such a large event with all these vendors and such a production, you really got to raise a lot of money for it to walk away being a profitable event. You do. In fact, our, our talent budget just for this show with uh, BAI Live is actually more than the entire budget of Valley Cultural Foundation. Wow. Yeah. Getting uh, sounds like a nice headliner in there. There's there's a couple, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think people will very be very excited once we get these uh, artists signed. I'm really excited. Do you have? Is there a website up for that event already that we can help promote? Not quite yet. Once okay. we get the offers uh, signed, then we will have a website up for that, and ticket sales will be available, and uh, we're going to start moving forward very quickly. Fantastic. Well, that leads me right into our next question. I heard that you were responsible for actually developing the, the Valley Cultural Center's website and social media pages. Do you think that social media is a good avenue to spread awareness and raise money for nonprofits? I do, uh, and, and you're giving me way too much credit. I, <laughs> I wouldn't say I designed the website and social media. I, I, I've 
believe that the website and your social media is the face of the organization. Uh, many times executives and staff members of nonprofits don't have the time to get out in the community as much as they like because they're running a business. So um, websites and social media really are uh, the first thing people see, especially websites. Uh, we had the, the means and, and the ideas to hire a professional company uh, in Seattle called Rhizome Design, who actually designed and branded our website and all of our social media. And uh, they have used it extensively. They continue to use it and upgrade it extensively. Uh, they have a presence on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and I believe LinkedIn as well. Uh, I currently only have LinkedIn for my company, uh, but I am going to have very shortly uh, all of the social media outlets, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, up, I think, within the next 30 days. Perfect. I used to do it uh, personally, but I found personally it was consuming a bit much of my time. Oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, my screen time kept going up, and I'm like, this is not good. It doesn't make any sense. But I, I have come to realize that it does make sense for my business. Absolutely. And uh, my business partner, uh, uh, Sean, will be uh, getting those up uh, fairly soon. I am not the tech person in the family. so. <laughs> That's great. Well, I definitely believe that having a strong website and social media presence is so important to get your business out there, have people find you, and same for a nonprofit. Like you said before, a nonprofit should be run like a business, and if you're going to have a successful business, you need a, a strong website that is SEO friendly and great social media pages. So I think it's really cool that you helped get that really professional for the Valley Cultural Center. I actually checked out the website and it is beautiful. They have a very nice website. So I think you found a great company to, to get that designed. So yeah, good thank job. <laughs> thank you so much. We, uh, another one of my clients, the Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center, Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center Foundation uh, we just launched a brand new website for them, and for this launch, we went with a local company uh, called Cal Consulting here in Woodland Hills, and they've done a great job for us on a budget, a shoestring budget. Um, but that's one of the things we told the client is, uh, you know, your current site is not set up, the infrastructure is not there to raise the money you're looking to raise. So uh, we're just about finished with the entire website. We've got a couple of pages up now, but again, really key. Uh, it is the face of your organization. That is so, so true. And um, there's a little free plug for you, Cal Consulting. They are actually a, a chamber member as well. Fantastic group right here in Woodland Hill. So I really love that you're working with local businesses. I think that's so important to, you know, rather than trying to outsource to another country or someone maybe across the country, try to do business with local entrepreneurs and businesses in your area, especially in the West Valley, where we are. It is very important and we support local uh, businesses for sure. Fantastic. So you mentioned before having that work-life balance and, you know, having been able to kind of tick back your time to focus more on the things you enjoy. I'd love for you to explain a little more why work-life balance is so important and we all know as a business owner, it can be so hard to find that balance. You might get stuck in the weeds of the business and not able to actually have free time to enjoy your freedom as a business owner. So do you think starting your own business has created that fulfilling balance between how much time you spend working and how much time you spend with your personal time? Or has I do. it been harder? <laughs> you know, there have been parts of it that are harder. I think one of the things that was a surprise to me is the amount of discipline required if you're working from your home um, and the distractions that uh, befall on you, 
Um, it, it's really hard, and I've since opened a secondary office in Sherman Oaks, so it's a place for me to get away uh, from the, you know, the house and the distractions like the laundry button going off <laughs> or the dogs barking or, you know, whatever might be going on in the household during the day. Um, it's a great work balance for me now because I, I finally have figured that out. Um, for me personally, it's not a nine to five job. I can do pretty much whatever I need to do anytime the day or night or the weekend for the clients. As long as you're providing for the client and getting them results, I don't think they really care what you're doing or where you're at. I have actually taken my office, my laptop, com computer, and other things um, to Utah with me and, and work from there as long as I have an internet connection, albeit a little slow <laughs> up there. Um, you know, I can work from pretty much anywhere, uh, which is great. I can do meetings from pretty much anywhere. So um, I have learned the work-life balance. It was harder, obviously, when you're in a nine-to-five situation and then living in Palmdale uh, and having to drive an hour and a half each way to get to work is sometimes uh, difficult, uh, needless to say. So um, glad to announce that our company is going to be moving to West Hills uh, in May. So it's much near all of my clients, and I'm very excited um, to not have to drive an hour and a half each way, and I can be at a client's office within five or ten minutes. That's perfect. Yeah, that commute in L.A. can really be a bummer and a time suck. So finding an office or like for myself, I joined a co-working space last year because same thing. I was working from home by myself all day, starting to lose my mind, being a hermit, <laughs> my dog barking. So I, I totally agree that sometimes as a business owner, even you're able to set your own hours, but working from home isn't all what it, you know, people think it is. Yeah. It can be distracting and lonely and hard to really focus. So I think it's great you opened up an office outside your home, that a place that you can get your work done and just work whatever hours you feel necessary. So it sounds like you really found a way to create that work-life balance. Thank you. Yes, I, I believe I have. It's a, it took a little longer than I expected. Uh, I've got some good mentors out there, including my other half. And we just sat down and came up with a strategy. And uh, we're even giving a play date to the dogs. So the dogs get to go for daycare one day out of the week where we have the house to ourselves, And we can both sit down and work and get what we need to, to be done. I love that. That's so great for your dogs and even better for you. So <laughs> very smart, very smart. You know, as we're talking about business and entrepreneurship, I want to know if you have any words of encouragement for those who are aspiring to either venture out on their own to build their own business or maybe already have a startup that they're working on, uh, you know, all these years of being in business. What, what kind of advice would you give? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, you need a business plan. You really need to plot it out like you would for any other project if you're working for a company. Uh, write your own business plan. Uh, come up with your milestones. Uh, stick to your plan. Uh, don't over-invest in your company. Don't go out and buy a bunch of expensive equipment. Try to do it on a shoestring budget uh, like I did. Um, there's all kinds of fancy things you can go buy, but you don't necessarily need them. Uh, try to do most of it yourself, uh, if possible, for the first year or two. As your client base grows, you're not going to be able to do everything yourself. You know, it's great to have an assistant to do database management or scheduling or things like that that you know you really don't have the time to do. Uh, you know, what I need to be out doing is talking with the clients, meeting the clients, going to chamber events, and finding new clients. 
and that's really what my, my, uh, my job is. Um, so that's what I recommend. Um, not everybody can be uh, as disciplined. I'm certainly one of those that's not as disciplined as others. Some people have the discipline and they can work from home and it works just fine. But find the balance that works for you. Uh, it can be a very scary proposition, uh, to be frank with you and honest. It was a bit scary for me. The first couple of years were uh, kind of frightening, you know, because now sure. you're the one that's responsible for your income. You're not part of a large organization. You're not getting a check every week necessarily. Money comes in sporadically, and you have to figure out how to manage your business budget and your personal budget and intertwine them so they function properly um, and you don't miss your bills. Yes. You really got to create that wealth for yourself rather than just counting on a paycheck. So you gave some really good advice there. Have Create goals. Start off small. Don't over-delegate right away. Um, I think those would be really useful for any of our guests or any of our listeners listening to you today. So great feedback. Thank you. You mentioned before a light bulb moment, but do you have any other, you know, big moments or light bulb moments in business or a story to share with us today that will help other entrepreneurs in addition to your ideas you mentioned before? You know, I don't know if this is exactly what you're you're looking for, but I, I remember when I was hired at AMC Entertainment as a, a theater rusher, making, by the way, $1.85 an hour. Oh, wow. We had a situation come up uh, where our projectionists weren't working uh, one night of the show, we had a twin cinema. Of course, now you got theaters that are large as 30. But this is a twin cinema. We had, I think, 900 people in the building. And the projectionists decided they didn't want to work for whatever reason. And uh, my boss came to me and said, hey, you know, you used to build race cars, you know, as a kid. Do you think you can? Uh, I said, I'm still a kid, but uh, I'm 18. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> yeah. He says, do you think you could do it? I said, give me the manual. So um, I, got the, I got the projectors running. We saved the night, and about two weeks later, the regional manager came in from Chicago and sent me to the AMC Academy. I was one of the first people to ever go to the Academy. So when you see, I guess my point is, is when you see an opportunity, take advantage of it. Um, I, I don't, someone famous quoted this, but if you go in for an interview or go to see a client and they ask you something and you maybe not necessarily know how to do it, Say you know how to do it and go figure it out later. You know, don't say you could do brain surgery, obviously, sure. and go figure that one out. But, you know, if you, if you don't know WordPress and you don't know website uh, uh, development, say you can and then go lean on partners or mentors to teach you how to do it or lean on them to, and hire them to do it. You know, never turn down an opportunity. And um, I really credit my father for a lot of business common sense. He didn't graduate from college either. Uh, but my father knows how to take a dime and make a dollar. And I've always been good to people. I've done every job in the movie theater. I've done every job at the cultural center and beyond. And uh, that's the only way you can really understand and respect your employees is if you've done every job that they've done. And if you treat them right, they'll treat you right. So I'm not sure that's a long way around to answer your question, but that's really my philosophy. And I, I, yes. I think that absolutely answers my question, and I think our listeners will find that very valuable. So it sounds like you, sometimes you just got to roll up your sleeves, get down and dirty, get that elbow grease out, maybe learn something new, give it a go, and sometimes 
you need to really figure something out on your own. And luckily now, I guess before you had an old school manual to learn by, but now we have <laughs> YouTube and Google. So it makes it much easier to learn something new that you may have not known how to do before. Agreed. Yeah. In, in projection, it's no moving parts anymore. So it's all digital and projectors and computer programs. So I, I could probably go do that now. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you know, as my last question, you know, I really appreciate you spending your time with us today. And we want to know what inspired you to be willing to come on our show. I know you had quite of a trek to get over here, which we so appreciate. So what was it that really motivated you to be a guest on our Valley Biz Buzz podcast today? Well, you know, I have a lot of respect for the Chamber of Commerce, the staff here, the, the board members are great. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, when I stayed involved in the Chamber after leaving AMC Entertainment for 20 years and finding out there was another job available, that's proof right there of the power of local business and Chambers of Commerce. Uh, you just have to stay involved. Um, so when I saw the opportunity, I, I not only wanted to, it's kind of giving back to the chamber in a way because this is a new program for the chamber and I wanted to be supportive of that. But obviously it's somewhat selfish too because I wanted to be part of that and let people know about my business and maybe give some pointers and tips uh, to help others down the road when they start their own business. That's great. Well, you know, being on our show definitely helps support the chamber and our community and it's definitely great to get your experience and stories and tips out there and to help our listeners learn more about you. So tell us, what's your website and what's the best way to contact you if our listeners want to follow up? Sure. It's the jameskinseygroup.com. Uh, my phone number, my business phone number is 818-648-8184. That's the best way to reach me, but obviously you can go through the website as well. Uh, if you're interested in getting a quote from us, there's a way to do that on the website. And as I said earlier, social media will be up and running within 30 days. Uh, probably we'll get Facebook and Instagram working up first and then get Twitter uh, down the road. Fantastic. Well, we'll be sure to include those links in our show notes so that all of our listeners can find you, follow you, stalk you, ask you for questions. So thanks again for being here today. And thank you for listening and subscribing is easy. Check out Valley Biz Buzz on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Valley Biz Buzz to learn about our guests and upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening and keep buzzing.